0: Alright, welcome to the Blue Brothers Cast. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Brandon. And we are here to bring you basically whatever we want to talk about. Because <laughs> we <laughs> have discarded the sports-only conversation, and we'll talk about just kind of anything and everything during the offseason. So, and Brandon, how about that rain?
1: You oh love yeah. That rain? yeah, you gotta love it. <laughs> um, I mean, I think... What, this weekend was the first time we've had two days in a row without rain?
0: I know, right? And then we get a torrential downpour the next day, so.
1: Yeah, like tonight, um, Monday night, I, I was at Meijer buying groceries, and like I had my headphones on. And I, I thought I could hear like a lot of noise. I'm like, what is going on? I took my headphones out, and I could hear the rain hitting the roof of Meijer. And I looked out the window, and it's just torrential downpour. And you're like, oh, my God. Luckily, I was there long enough that it passed over. (laughs) Oh,
0: nice. So were you listening to Dragon Sound while you were shopping?
1: (laughs) No, but I should have been. Um, No, I was listening to the podcast. uh, How did this get made? It's about bad movies.
0: Nice. Nice. There you go. A little free promo for that podcast. Yeah. Just slip it right in there. Um, but yeah, so we'll keep things in order as we normally do. And as always, we start with, did you know, and this one's going to be a little bit different. Uh, today's episode, or this week's episode is not featuring a subtopic. So I'm actually taking a little little bit of Liberty (sighs) with the, did you know? And so it's going to be a little extended version. Um, so, but Uh, It's going to be on the topic of the English language, I guess you would say, words and things like that. So there's going to be this main part, but then I was looking for something use this weekend. There were all these things that just related to the English language. And I was just like, well, I don't want to be boring and do this for like two months straight of did you know about the English language? So I'm going to knock it all out here in one one take. But this is the main one. Did you know that the word testify derived from a time when men were required to swear on their testicles? What?
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> what I found. So they had to put them on the line, basically.
0: I guess.
1: Like, I mean, Hey, I swear not on my life, but on my balls <laughs> 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 that I'm speaking the truth.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it uh, it kind of makes sense when you think about it. I mean, if somebody's gonna testify and you know say they swear by something, I feel like that would probably be something that they don't want to uh, lie about. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it may. Um, I've looked at some stuff, and some of it's like folklore and things like that but it's from latin the latin word for it so
1: interesting i've never heard that before that's that's actually really odd
0: i know it seems like how how is this not common i feel like it's something that people would talk about so uh yeah don't have anything to talk about at a party
1: did you know i funny um Oh something kind of similar to that uh, my first year in college, like I went to Davenport my first year before I transferred. Uh, I had an English teacher there who told us that the f word originated from an abbreviation for the word fornicate really that would be on a sign on a that people would put on their door back in like i think it was medieval times to tell people not to come in because you know they were trying to conceive a child.
0: <laughs> so it's kind of like the old sock on the door handle?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Or tie. <laughs> tie on
0: door handle, yeah.
1: Yeah, sock tie.
0: Wow. Okay. Now, I had never heard that story. and that, that's uh an interesting origin. Yeah. Hmm. I mean like that's another thing too where it makes sense, you know? So mm-hmm. hmm. Well the more you know <laughs> for your health. Um, so I, I, am going to knock out a few things here just because, like I said, I, uh, when I was looking for something to use, uh, I came across some other things with the English language and I thought some of them were just interesting. Did you knows? And so since I'm not the biggest fan of English and I didn't want to be talking about for several months. So here I'm going to go, I'm going to go through a list. Uh, the word almost is the longest word that is spelled alphabetically. The most commonly used letter in the alphabet is the letter E. Stewardesses is the longest word that is typed with only the left hand. <laughs> Dreamt is the only word that ends with M-T. Really? The word typewriter is the longest word that can be typed using only the top row on a keyboard. of typing is completed with your left hand. Uh, This, this I feel, is a uh, common one. The sentence, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog, uses every letter in the English alphabet. Yep. There are only four words in the English language which end with D-O-U-S. They are hazardous, horrendous, stupendous, and tremendous. Hmm. The oldest word in the English language is town. Bookkeeper and bookkeeping are the only two words in the English language with three consecutive double letters. So O-O-K-K-E-E. The word strengths is the longest word in the English language with just one vowel. The past tense for English word dare is durst, D-U-R-S-T. <laughs> the word uncopyrightable is the only 15-letter word that can be spelled without repeating any letter. And last of all, the dollar sign was introduced in 1788. Mm. Boom, mind explosion.
1: The dollar side one makes sense to me, you know, because that's the, well, that's, that's the symbol as the American dollar. Yeah. So it was 1788, so I mean, it's after 1776.
0: Yeah, by uh, 12 years, so that that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of one of those things that you just never really think about. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But still, I, the one that completely takes the whole thing is testify, so... <laughs> So I guess from now on, you got to uh, be careful about whenever you say you testify.
1: Yeah. You make sure you want to put your balls on the line. Oh, man.
0: So, <laughs> it, like I read it and I was just like, what? So there you go. I, I would be very impressed if anybody comes back to us and been like, oh, yeah, I need that. I need that. <laughs> so. But what well, out of all the other ones I listed, which one kind of stood out to you the most?
1: Are uh, they all the other
0: ones? Yeah. Was there one that stuck out?
1: Um, the the fifty percent of the words typed out are used with your left hand.
0: The fifty six percent. The fifty
1: six percent. Yeah, that that kind of surprised me. But then I was thinking about it. I mean, like A S T E R are yeah. all on the, the left hand.
0: Hmm. I notice that sometimes when I'm typing something, if I'm using one hand more than the other but yeah i thought that was kind of interesting but mm-hmm. i i felt that you would know the quick i mean i anyone who's a graphic designer i feel knows that the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog has all the letters because it's used for whenever you install a font on the computer
1: mm-hmm. cuz then you can see every letter uh Did no, you know you, when you use a type tool on uh on illustrator And it pops up with that Latin saying yeah. that I I looked that up today because it was driving me nuts. I'm like, why does it always say that? And it has to do with something that like the first printmaker came up with. It's like some saying that the first printmaker came up with. Now, I don't remember exactly what it was.
0: Interesting. I guess I never really thought about that.
1: Yeah, I just wondered why it always popped up with that, and I thought it was just you know because my computer at work is kind of kind of crappy, and I thought it was just throwing in garbage in there for some reason.
0: Yeah, one of those things that you never really think about, I guess.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Well, there you go. Did you know? I can guarantee that not that no one probably knew all of those. So right. If you did then you are you are some kind of unique right there. But uh, we'll go ahead and keep moving forward with our segments and go to
2: (laughs) scary stat of the week
0: presented to you by Brandon. What do you got?
1: Uh, I saw a cool stat about basketball on Twitter last week. Uh, The stat is there are seven players in the history of the NBA that have Uh, Multiple games with 40 points and over 15 rebounds. And those players are Charles Barkley. He's done it 12 times. Hakeem Olajuwon, 12 times. Patrick Ewing, 10 times. Karl Malone, 10 times. David Robinson, 7. Dwight Howard, 5. And the other player is Anthony Davis, who's already done it 17 times, and he's only 26 years old.
0: I think I may have seen that. Um, I think I saw you maybe share that or like that or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like I knew
1: Davis is good, but I saw that and I'm like, wow. I mean, because you think about it, every single one of those guys that he is in that, in that with are in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Except for Dwight Howard, who will probably be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah.
0: Now is – um I don't – and you may not know this. I'm just kind of asking this and not – if you don't know, but he's not really a ball hog, right? Anthony uh, Davis, not I really. I mean, I, I he know he's
1: by far the best player on the Pelicans. I mean,
0: yeah,
1: you know that but amount not, might die down now that he plays with LeBron in Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, he's not like uh, Russell Westbrook or Harden, uh, no, um, where they kind of
1: more of a team player.
0: Yeah. Is some of those players you know just kind of have the ball all the time and uh, don't don't share it a lot? And Anthony Davis has never really been one that came to mind for me, so that's just kind of interesting. But yeah, d- d- no doubt he's the best player on that team, so he gets the ball more. But mm-hmm. yeah, so well, if you
1: think about it, a lot of the other guys that were on that list too are kind of the same way. True. Um, I mean, Barkley was but the best guy on the Sixers when he was there, and Alaughoan was the best guy in the Rockets. Mm-hmm. So it makes, it makes sense.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's a really interesting one still. Yeah, and then who knows what's going to happen with the Lakers next year. That'll be We might get around to talking about that. We've had some interesting thoughts and discussions. So Yeah. But for another time cuz we'll be moving forward with I wanna rock. Rock. rock moment of the week. And it's kind of been a uh, reoccurring topic, but I feel like it definitely needs to be shared because tonight, right here, right before we started recording, uh, the final score popped up, but uh, Saturday, Michigan beat Texas Tech 15-3 to to advance to the College World Series. And then... Tonight was game one of the College World Series, and they beat Vanderbilt 7-4. to Nice. So they are going to play again. Oh, well, I'll talk about that later when the other games are. But uh, definitely really awesome to see. They have... Um, I haven't seen this talked about. Well, I've seen it talked about a little bit, but I don't see anyone really using this terminology, which I find kind of interesting from, I don't know if you've seen a lot about the conversation around the baseball team, but basically this is like a Cinderella story, isn't it?
1: I haven't really heard too much about it. I mean, I don't really follow college baseball.
0: Yeah, I don't either. I mean, like I'm not professing to be the biggest Michigan college baseball fan. I mean, of course, you know, when another part of the F, university athletics are doing well, you kind of pay attention to it. But from what I've seen and read, they um they were one of the last teams to get into the postseason, the big dance or however they want to call it. And so I I don't really I don't know if they just don't use the terminology with baseball. But from my perspective and everything, I feel like this would exactly be a Cinderella type story because yes. they were not that highly ranked in and they have just been on a streak. Let me see. Uh, some people were talking on Twitter. Uh, Michigan was one of the last four in. Uh, they were in the regional that was hosted by the defending national champion team they were in the super regional, which had the nation's number one team. And they also had some of the worst odds to win the world series, the college world series. So, I mean, maybe people are saying it, maybe I'm not seeing it, but that's that right there is like Cinderella story equivalent for, you know, some of the things that you see during the, uh, basketball tournament now of course michigan is no stranger to you know success and championships but it has been a long time and i think actually the big 10 has had one of the biggest droughts in winning the college world series so i don't know i just find it uh really intriguing and interesting like i've said whenever we talk about baseball postseason baseball i really do enjoy so i've been catching some of the games tonight i was unable to but tomorrow night i will cross uh cross my fingers I'll be able to watch the whole game and you know because it'll definitely be intriguing because they have the opportunity to win it all because they'll be playing tomorrow night and um if they have to they'll play a third game but we'll see with that. So yeah, there's your rock moment Michigan baseball.
1: Yeah, I mean I could only name two guys that ever played at Michigan in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh Barry Larkin and uh Jim Abbott.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I could only name Jim Abbott.
1: Yeah, Barry Larkin was a very good player. I, th- I think he's in the Hall of Fame. He was nice. a second baseman, I believe, or shortstop for the Reds. I can't remember which one he played. Shortstop sounds part right. right. Yeah.
0: No, I'm I'm the type of person that can kind of struggle with stats and names in general anyway. So when you're getting into the obscure sports that don't follow that wall, yeah, you're not going to have a lot of that so but anyways uh there'll be more michigan baseball going on so keep your eyes and ears open for that like we said and i'll be uh talking a little bit more about this schedule later on so but we'll move into the main part of the show then <laughs> So this is kind of a uh, part two, I would almost say, of a conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we focus on Michigan football and Detroit Lions football, and so there was a conversation that we had about Michigan football a couple of weeks ago, and now we're transferring that into Detroit Lions football, and we're talking about some of the most disappointing players uh, for both those. Groups for the university and then for that franchise. So. uh, Can be kind of interpreted however you want. And Brandon is our Lions specialist, so he is going to be spearheading this conversation uh, with things pertaining to Lions. And I mean, if there's one thing that you could talk about for the longest when it comes to Lions, it's disappointment. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh Brandon the floor is here.
1: all right uh you know I, I kind of went through just some ones I remember watching uh as a kid um all the way up until until now um just a few guys that you know I thought had some potential not not guys that you know the Lions had that were never really that great kind of ones that just kind of you know had one or two good seasons or you know, highly touted coming out of college that I I thought were going to be pretty good and it's never really lived up to it. Um, I know you have just a couple. I've got quite a few, so I'll I'll give a couple here and then I'll go over to you for one and we'll kind of go back and forth like that. Sure. So one of the first ones that came to my mind uh, was Jermaine Crowell. He was a a wide receiver for the Lions in in the early 2000s. That was a really bad time for the Lions. I mean, Barry Sanders just left. So, you know, they're kind of scrambling for anybody they had. I mean, they still had Herman Moore at the time, but he didn't mesh well with Bobby Ross, a new coach, so uh they were in need for some playmakers. And, you know, Crowell came in and his his rookie season and he he did pretty good. Uh, but it was really his second season where he played really well. Uh he had eighty-one receptions, he had uh over 1,300 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, You know, after that second season, he, you know, he really didn't do too much. He was injured quite a bit. So, you know, that really hindered his, his, his ability in production. So, I mean, I can't really fault him too much, but it was just one guy that I I thought was going to be pretty good, but it just, you know, he didn't, it didn't pan out well for him with all the injuries. Yeah. And kind of staying with the same position here, I don't really have these in much of any order. Just guys that popped in my head, I just wrote down. Uh, and probably the most famous giraffe bust in Lions uh, history is Charles Rogers. Uh, he he is from Saginaw. He went to Saginaw High, uh, standout in high school, uh, great player in high school, and he went to Michigan State and. You know, it set quite a few records there. Uh, Just, he just looked like a dynamic playmaker. That's, I mean, that's what he was at Michigan State. That's what he was in high school. Uh, The Lions took him number two overall in the draft. And, you know, it was another one of those mid-2000s Lions where, you know, everything they did just seemed to turn to crap. And, you know, (laughs) a lot of bad teams around that time. Uh, but Charles Rogers seemed like he was going to help turn the franchise around. Uh, he came in, I, th- I believe it was his first game. He had two touchdowns in his first game. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's awesome. Like, he's fast. He's got good hands. He was a little thin, but, you know, maybe with some time he put some weight on. And he just, man, he had so many off-field issues. And he got hurt so many times. Like, he broke his collarbone I, two or three years in a row.
2: Yeah.
1: And I mean, that just goes with being a, you know, kind of a spindly guy. He didn't ever really put on the weight that we thought he might. And, you know, the off the field issues with drugs and just like disorderly conduct and things like that. Uh, He was kind of the example of he had a lot of talent, but he just hung around with some, you know, like a bad crowd. Um, I mean, just because you're a good athlete doesn't mean you're, you're tech, like, a good person, I guess you yeah. could say about Charles Rogers. And I remember when I talked to you about him before you kind of mentioned uh, Johnny Manziel. And, I was. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a really good comparison. Both of those guys were insanely talented and just, you know, off the field issues and just bad decisions in life just it hampered that. You know, Rogers was only on the team for maybe, I think, four years and then he was out of football completely yeah um, that's rough so yeah what what's one of them you have
0: uh so i'll kind of go in order just in um kind of when they played and everything so these are going to be really recent this isn't as far as like saying the most disappointing to least disappointing but um they all overlap a little bit kind of they they're in the same time range and i mean i don't have the long history of Uh, Detroit football like you have um I've been a Detroit football fan less than I've been a Michigan football fan so uh I'm gonna be going back and starting around 2009 Uh, I kind of want to just say just the tight end position in general but yeah you can start well you can start off with uh, Brandon Pettigrew so he just you know was a big disappointment I mean because he was uh He was first round, first pick, wasn't it?
1: Uh, No, they took Stafford number one overall. Oh, he was the same year, yeah. Yeah, they took Pettigrew towards the end of the the first round. It might have been the last pick in the first round if I remember, right?
0: Okay, that was something I forgot to check on exactly when he got drafted. But, um, yeah, just, you know, being drafted so high and then the terrible reputation that Detroit has with tight ends – Um, He never did much of anything. He never did anything very well at all. Like the blocking, um, the catching, uh, the routes, nothing really impressed you, especially for being first-round draft Mm -hmm. pick. I mean, the best year that he had, uh, he had 777 yards, five touchdowns, and his catch percentage was 65%, nothing nothing too special. I mean, if you're, if you're averaging that, doing something around there on an average basis, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I was just looking around a little bit, too, and just I pulled up, I don't know, I mean, not necessarily a random tight end, but a good tight end in uh, Kyle Rudolph. And, I mean, you're talking like 65% was his low. Almost. Yeah. And, you know, he's got touchdowns of, you know, eight, seven season and, you know, yards, maybe not a ton, but it's just kind of like, okay, when you're a reliable target, when you can catch the ball and when you can convert it into touchdowns, you don't really have to have a lot of yards, especially at tight end. I mean, outside of, you know, Gronkowski, you don't really see tight ends with a ton of yards anyways. Right. So, yeah, it was just disappointing and i'm sure that you have plenty to add on your uh thoughts of Pettigrew so
1: (laughs) yeah uh that was one of his first years wasn't it that he had like 700 yards uh
0: uh he his second and his third year he broke 700 yards both times
1: yeah there was one of those seasons one of his first seasons he, he was coming on really good and he ended up getting injured and I know that he was out for the rest of the season after he got injured. I don't know. You think he, like, tore ACL or something like that?
0: Uh, I don't think it was that because it looks like here that both uh, years he played 16 games.
1: Huh. So. I know there was one season where he got hurt and he was out for the rest of the season. And I, you know, I thought he was doing pretty well because it was the year that they had him and they had the running back Kevin Smith both got injured right about the same time and they were both out. Okay. And I just remember both of those guys playing pretty well for younger players. And it was just really disappointing. I yeah. mean, Stafford was often heard too his first couple of years.
0: Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Another, <laughs> another rough time for the lions. <laughs>
0: Seems like a recurring theme.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I can give you a couple more of mine and then I'll go back over to see what you got. Yeah. Um, the latest one I've got is uh, defensive end Ziggy Ansa uh he was drafted I, I believe number five overall uh you know he had a few good seasons where he had double digit sacks and you know one season he had fourteen and a half that was that was his third season he made the pro Bowl you know he showed great ability he was he was fast he was strong and i mean he was really kind of a surprise because he was a walk on at BYU and the reason only reason he played football, he went there, I think, for track. And he couldn't quite make the track team, so he tried out for basketball, couldn't make a basketball team, and then it was like one of his friends or something told him was like, Hey, you're a pretty big guy and you can move pretty good. You should try out for the football team. And he I mean, he's from Africa, didn't have much experience with football, came in and I think he played two or three years for BYU and you know showed showed really good progress. Um he didn't he never reached double digit sacks in college, but I mean when it came to the combine, he was such an athletic freak that he just like showed off the charts. Uh at the time Jim Schwartz was the, the coach and he coached uh the team that Ansaw was on for the the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. and he was really impressed by him and you know he talked to lions gm like let's get a hold of this guy so they they picked him he played well for a few years but he just got injured all the time and it started to become almost like a like an inside joke or like almost a meme with lions fans like oh there was a strong win today and now ziggy Ansaw is out for the season <laughs> <laughs> it just started piling up and you know this last year it was his make it or break it year last year was his contract and you know he got hurt again, and uh, they they just let him walk this year. And the Seahawks picked him up. So you yeah. know we'll see how he does. But I mean for the Lions, only a few productive years, and it's just so much saw so much potential on the guy. He just never really, never really stuck with it with with all the injuries he had.
0: Yeah, those are some of the the worst with uh, injuries. So.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you see the ability, and you see the discipline and everything, and, you know, a guy just can't stay healthy. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah,
0: and I did uh, pick up or check real quick. You were right. He was fifth overall, so.
1: Okay, yeah. And I remember when he was drafted, too, he came out with, with black glasses on, and they, like, zoomed in on him, and they were 3D glasses from the theater with the lenses taken out.
0: Oh, really? Oh,
1: man. Yeah. <laughs> He had some reason for it, but I, I don't remember what it was. I think it was just he wanted to wear some glasses to dress up and like, I don't know, just being a poor college kid. That's what he had.
0: Oh, well, yeah. I see the picture right here now.
1: <laughs> With the 3D glasses.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Oh, man. That's funny. Uh, the next one I've got is one of the long line of running backs that the Lions had after Barry Sanders. Uh, and the one, I mean, there's quite a few that I had some high hopes for. Uh, one of the first ones I remember thinking it was going to be pretty good was Kevin Jones. Uh, he was a he was a pretty big guy. He was like over six foot. He weighed like two hundred thirty pounds. You know, he ran with power. He was quick. Uh, he could catch well. He could block well. He was he was a pretty balanced running back, and he was a good pick for the the Lions out of Virginia Tech. Um you know he had a couple of good years where he showed some promise his rookie year he had over 1100 yards but he also got kind of sidelined with a lot of injuries and you know I, I think the lions just got fed up with him being out all the time being banged up uh i mean it kind of comes with being more of a power running back that you're you're going to get some injuries but they hit him kind of early and uh you know, he didn't really do too much after that. And I think he played like one season for the bears and you know, I don't even think he did over like 500 yards. Yeah.
0: Oh man. I, it, so what, here's a quick question before I say my next one, what position would you say is the most disappointing for the lions?
1: Like historically or.
0: Uh, however you want to interpret it. <laughs>
1: Historically, probably quarterback, but I mean, because from like uh, Bobby Lane in the 50s to Matthew Stafford now, like they only had one quarterback make a Pro Bowl, and it was Greg Landry in the 80s, and he was more of a running quarterback than a passing quarterback, so I mean, through that whole time, the Lions had pretty much nothing, Uh, I mean, they had... A lot of guys towards the end of their career. Um, I mean, they had Eric Kramer had a few good seasons in the in the early '90s for him. Uh, they had Gary Danielson in the '80s, and he didn't really too, do too much. Uh, he was he was never all that great of a quarterback. And I, my dad still complains about all the games that he screwed up for the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, they had a lot of first round picks. They they picked uh Chuck Long out of Iowa and he didn't pan out because you know he didn't mesh well with whatever offense that Wayne Fonts was running at the time. And they had Andre Ware, and Andre Ware did even less. Andre Ware was it's probably like their their second worst uh draft bust behind uh Charles Rogers. And um I mean, they had had so many. Another guy I have on my list is Joey Harrington. Oh, yeah. Where a lot of people will say how terrible Joey was. But, I mean, I told you before, like, I will defend Joey. Yeah. Because he was on probably the worst bunch of Lions teams. I mean, he wasn't on the 0-16 team, but he was on some teams that deserved to go (laughs) (laughs) 0-16. But he was there. He had pretty much no weapons at all. Uh, I mean, he had Charles Rogers was probably his best receiver and he was hurt all the time and it or suspended. So, I mean, it goes to show you what those teams looked like.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, Scott Mitchell had a couple good seasons, but he was just like a walking interception machine.
0: (laughs) No, man, just disappointment
1: all over the place. Oh, for sure. Well, uh, you have any, you have any more guys?
0: Yeah, I got a couple, uh, two more. So I'll go with one here. I I asked that mainly because uh, you brought up running back, and then you know, uh, that's keeping in line here with the one that I have. And this one, this one is a bummer because it's not disappointing on performance. It's just disappointing on how things turned out. Uh, not exactly like Rogers, but um, on the, I mean, he had more than just this. But from an injury perspective. And that was uh, a hopeful that a lot of lion fans were really uh, excited about, and that's Javid Best.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so this is back in 2010. Uh, he was there 2010, 11, and 12, and he actually didn't do anything in 2012. Like he didn't even play a game or down. Um, and he just had so much promise. Uh, Maybe I was kind of a little bit more excited about this, too, because this was probably when I was getting in in a little bit more with uh, Detroit football and, you know, the drought that Michigan football had shared with running backs and things of that nature. So finally seeing a running back on a team that I was rooting for do really well. His first season, he um, played in all the games. Uh, He didn't start them all, but he played in all of them. Uh he he had four rushing touchdowns, he had two receiving touchdowns. I mean, you know, really promising. Uh things looking really well. He had I can't remember, because I didn't get a chance to go back and look at it. I can't remember I, I think it was his wasn't it his speed more than agility that he was just really quick.
1: Uh he was kind of both. He was he was really fast. Uh I said to you before that. He was so fast that he actually ran in the Olympics last time in the. Oh yeah, you
0: did say that yeah. in the
1: hundred meter. Um, I mean, he did he didn't make it to the finals of the hundred meter, but I mean, he was running in a heat that had Usain Bolt in it. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> I think he ended up like fourth or fifth, something like that, in his heat. But yeah, which, which is impressive, up. going from being an NFL running back to being an Olympic uh, sprinter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, he he was uh, – I remember him being fast. I couldn't remember if he was very good at um, with his agility or not, but you seem to remember that he did pretty well with that. But, yeah, he just mm-hmm. had so much promise, and then the injuries – the injury happened. I mean, and it was – was it just the concussion? I
1: can't he had a really bad concussion in college. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, when he played for uh, Cal – but he was running towards the end zone. I can't remember what they're playing. I think it might have been Oregon State. But he tried to dive into the end zone. He got hit, and he kind of landed on his head. And when he landed, he kind of like sit up and had his arms straight out, and his like his eyes were closed. And it, people like thought it was like a celebration, but it was an involuntary like movement from his con- yeah. like a bad concussion that he had. Man, and those just it, you know he. Once you've had a concussion, it's easier to get another one.
0: Yeah, and they
1: just kind of piled up. And you know, he mentioned that last season he didn't even play a down. He was uh, on the physically not able to perform list.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so he kind of just he sat there that whole season. And you know, the Lions they could have cut him, but they I mean they left him there so they could so he could collect like another you know year of pay before they cut him.
0: Yeah, yeah. They I was happy with how they treated him and I think everybody was disappointed not with him at all, but just the situation where I mean he showed promise and got just a crappy situation. So, yeah.
1: He was one of those guys that you never knew what was going to happen when you gave him the ball. Yeah. He was one of those guys that could take a, you know, you give him a pitch out and he try to go to one side, cut back, go to the other side and he could go for like 96 yards. He mm. was so fast and such he had such good vision that you, you never knew it was going to happen when he got the ball.
0: Yeah. So, and go figure, of course, it happens for the Lions. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, they actually, they traded up into the first round to get him, I believe.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what more you got?
1: Uh, I got two more here. Um, I got a couple of free agents, actually, that the Lions signed. Uh, the first one was a signed quarterback, Jeff Garcia, and he just came off. He played for the, the Niners for a while, and he had a few good seasons there. He had one season with the Browns, and everybody kind of just chalked it up. You know, he was playing for the Browns. He didn't have much to work with. Uh, he didn't do very good there. So the Lions picked him up, and he did pretty much the same as he did in Cleveland. Uh, he was really disappointing because you know he had some ability. He had a decent arm. He could scramble. Uh, he was he was a smart quarterback, and you know he was a tough quarterback. Uh, he came in, I, I believe it was in a Thanksgiving game. I, I can't remember who they were playing now, but I just remember him just getting just hammered on every single play because the Lions' line was so terrible at the time <laughs> that like I. He had a, got a lot of respect for Jeff Garcia in that game because there was a few times where he got up pretty slow or like a, a lineman was coming and picking him up and like he just felt bad for the guy because he knew he he's like he's in there, he's trying his best. He you know, Detroit didn't have too much to work with and that line was so bad that he was just getting his butt kicked on every play. But what's funny is like he was only on the Lions for a season. They cut him or they didn't re-sign him the next year. And he went to, like, four different other teams and played really well. Of course. So, you know, if he has, like, someone around him, he can he can do something. But, you know, I thought he was going to be, a like a solid pickup for the Lions. Not a, necessarily a starter, but a guy that could help out. Yeah. And the last guy I got, I mean, I could go on all day about Lions that disappointed <laughs> me. <but laughs> the last one that, that came to mind, I had to limit myself here, was uh, Azahir Akeem. Uh he was a, a wide receiver that they picked up that came from the greatest show on turf Rams that won the Super Bowl.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Uh this guy he was like one of the fastest players to ever play in the NFL. Like he was faster than Deion Sanders. Like, he had a faster 40 time than Dion. Um so him coming in, there was a lot of hype around him, you know, came came from a like a high powered offense, did really well for the Rams. Got a big contract for the Lions, and he he, he did nothing. He was hurt all the time. Uh, he showed times where he was a little timid to go across the center of the field. He, you know, you could see him get the, the old alligator arms. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he didn't really do too much. He wasn't the guy that we all thought he was going to be or what we saw in St. Louis. So he he's definitely one guy I remember the Lions getting and just, you know, I, I expected more and just didn't see it.
0: Um, oh man, that, that kind of threw me back when you said St. Louis Rams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how how hey, long I was has it been the other
1: day? How about how, um, how the, the angels in major league baseball are the Los Angeles angels of An- Anaheim. And I said, oh. well, they should do that with the Rams called the Los Angeles, St. Louis Rams of Los Angeles.
0: <laughs> yeah. How long ago was that now that they left, uh, St. Louis?
1: Yeah, it was about, I think, like three seasons now they've been in L.A. Okay. Something like that. It hasn't been too long.
0: Yeah, I was going to say. This will hasn't... be their
1: third season, I think.
0: Okay. All right. I was just kind of curious. Well, I'll wrap things up here then with the last one. And uh, I, keeping with the the theme of players that don't do well in Detroit, but then they wind up doing better elsewhere. And uh, talking about our favorite what uh, seems to be my favorite position for Detroit and the tight end position, especially considering that they uh, thought that it was worthwhile to take a tight end in the first round without trying to trade down. Um, They had Eric Ebron and another one where he was better than Pettigrew, in my opinion, kind of, with (laughs) some of the things that he did, sort of. I'm saying that a little bit because it, this might be surprising, but his actually hold on, let me because they do have the numbers here. He did um, have a better catch percentage by oh not as much. I thought <laughs> it was more by like four <laughs> percent. I thought I thought it was more. I was just like, oh, wow, he's like, he's in the 60s most of the time, and he broke 70%, and then I was like, oh, then there was that one season with 53. So
1: Yeah, I kind of believe it. He was, like, Pettigrew dropped passes a lot, or Ebon, Ebron, his dropped passes, like, meant more, so yeah. you remember them more. Like, it was crucial times where he would drop a pass. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, he, so he had the four years with Detroit. Um, he played... Um, most of the games. I mean, his final season, he did play in all of them, but he he played a decent amount. Uh, Yards were not uh, not impressive from that standpoint. That's uh, Pettigrew actually had better yards than he did because he was able to break 700 twice. Mm -hmm. uh, Ebron barely did it once. But then, uh, yeah, he had... Not very good, like just nothing, nothing standing out. And again, you know, a high draft pick and he goes to last season, first season in Indianapolis and let's see in Detroit, he had 11 touchdowns for his four seasons mm-hmm. and he had um, one season that he broke 700 yards so then he goes to Indianapolis, and he has 13 touchdowns in one season. That's two more than all of the time that he was in <laughs> Detroit. And he got 750 yards, which is 39 more yards than the best year he had in Detroit. His catch percentage was not uh, better, but, I mean, still, that that single-year performance was... Uh, Better than anything he had in Detroit. I mean, easily, easily because of all those touchdowns and everything. So, yeah, and he—it's very interesting because he still seems to hold a grudge with Detroit.
1: He is obsessed. Like that guy is such a tool. That's all. <laughs> to yeah, like, um, he's so. On, like, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Where is it? Oh no! I ha- oh, here it is this just in Eric Ebron is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he'll go out and he'll make comments all the time, you know, trying to bash the lions organization, Detroit fans. Um, he's made comments about Matthew Stafford and stuff too. And it's just like, dude, move on with your life. Like yeah. you were such a, you were such a pain in the butt when you were here and like people got on you for a reason. Mm-hmm.
2: Like
1: you, all the dropped passes and like running your mouth and man, it's just that guy. He needs to just, he needs to grow up is what it is. Uh, Go away. He, he posted this picture. So like during the combine, they were showing, uh, uh, oh, was it linebackers running forties? And he made a comment like, wow, like all these linebackers running this fast. So I got to say goodbye to the honey buns. You talk about a little Debbie honey buns. And then he posted a picture of him, like throwing the honey buns in the trash. And like, I commented on it. It's like, oh, he's dropping them in the trash. <laughs> and then he like re- replied to me and he said, he's like, my trash, my trash can made the playoffs. And I'm like, your trash can made the playoffs. <laughs> like, are you calling the Colts a trash can? or like you actually l- literally took the trash can with you to your playoff game.
0: <laughs> he is the best trash talker in the, I area. know
1: I was just like, really? You You need to take some, you need to take some lessons, maybe even from Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's has more trash talk game than Eric Ibrahim does.
0: Oh man. Oh man. That's great. Uh yeah. He's, uh, He's one of those of what I would recommend. I mean, I don't, who am I? But, you know, if I, if anybody was just kind of like, how should athletes interact on social media? He is the example of what not to be on social media.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there are I, different I can facets. Make that, I think my stupid comment about him dropping stuff in the trash to, like, any other player in the NFL. And they're just like, going to ignore me. But that guy, he's got to <laughs> try to. Try to one-up me or something and i was like dude your trash talk didn't make any sense
0: yeah i think he also i think i saw that he searched out someone's comment on him like i don't know if somebody maybe was just like oh dude look what somebody said to you but he wasn't tagged in it or anything you know when those situations lammer
1: searched his name
0: yeah probably or like i said it's p- possible that somebody pointed out to him but it's just like dude you know you're just yeah just stop
1: mike mccray did that one time Yeah, I do remember that. So one of my tweets, because I said something about because there was a uh, a mock draft and it had the Lions taking McCray in like the third round or something like that. That I said is like, well, I think I like McCray. You know, he was a he was a good linebacker in college, but I just don't think he has you know the ability to cover guys in the NFL, and I I just can't see him going in the third round. And he liked my tweet. <laughs> like i didn't tag him or anything in it it's like dude you just searched your name
0: <laughs> yeah print that up and put it on the bulletin board
1: <laughs> he's like well i make it i'm gonna show that guy
0: <laughs> it makes me think of um it well it's so funny actually that you mentioned that oh shoot what was it um and I'll kind of use this as a conversation to wrap this up, but somebody said something and it was like some sports person, maybe a coach or a trainer or something. I don't know where they're just like, you people are always so uh, stupid on social media where you're talking about these players and everything. And it's just, Oh, they say things. This is what it was. And I can't remember who it was. Cause uh, actually it's somebody I know. And I thought this was, this is so stupid. They said, you put something out there and you say, oh, I hope they proved me wrong. And it's just like, they don't need to prove anything to you. They don't want to prove anything to you. And I'm just like, dude, do you not listen to post-game interviews where like probably 90% of the time they said, I want to come out and prove everybody wrong. They say it all the time. <laughs> like all that's right. something that athletes do. They're not like, oh yeah, John Smith, I proved you wrong. But they use that. I don't, I did not understand what the person was trying to get at. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, you wanting to somebody to prove them wrong is not you sending them a like a letter in the mail and saying, hey, this is what I think proved me wrong. You're just discussing it. And this person just like went way overboard with it. It's going to bug me now on who it was. It was somebody that, I, <laughs> uh, not that I know personally, but a, an account that I know that you, it's probably Michigan related. Maybe it's uh pro, but I don't know. I thought that was a ridiculous comment because. You see it too, right? It's just like, oh, I wanted to prove people wrong or
1: whatever. Yeah, first thing they always do with, uh, when they get interviewed like that is first they thank God, and then they talk about how they wanted to prove everybody wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens all the time.
0: Yeah, so I don't know what this – anyways, wrapping up the conversation, is there anything else you want to add about Disappointing Lions or uh, maybe save a little bit more for another day?
1: Um, I mean, I could go on about this forever. Um, No, I think let's just move on. I'll save what I got left for another time.
0: Three hours later. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, disappointment and things of that nature. We'll move into the most appropriate segment then.
2: Carpet day.
0: garbage day garbage play <laughs> what trash are you bringing us this week brandon
1: um mostly not like a play but just a funny thing i've noticed lately and i mean you will get a kick out of this is that every time i'm out somewhere you know like at a bar or at a restaurant or something like that and they have the tigers on they're losing <laughs> i've noticed this. i've never like gone anywhere looked at the tv to like You know, because everyone's all glance and big, oh, the Tigers are on, and like I'll watch a couple batters come up or something. They're always behind. It's never happened where they're like ahead. And it makes me laugh too that, you know, this year on Twitter and on Facebook, I haven't seen any of the diehard fans like (laughs) spamming my feed with pictures of them at Tigers games or talking about the Tigers games or how they're watching the Tigers. And, I know you and I have always talked about that where it's like it's girls. A lot of times it's girls that we know (laughs) that we know, like really aren't into sports. Yeah. (laughs) But there they are with like their Tigers hat on their Tigers jersey. And they're all excited to be at the game. And like, you know, they just went to be noticed and they're not watching the game at all. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that about all women, because like, you know, there's a lot of women. that are really into sports. And I know quite a few like my wife likes watching Michigan football. They should watch the lions with me, but the ones that you and I like talk about that like blow up our news feeds and stuff, like they're the ones that just go and they don't watch and they don't really care.
0: Oh yeah. Well, it was like, uh, I can't remember if it was a pro game or a college game where the, did you see that where the announcers were making fun of the girls that weren't even watching the baseball game?
1: No, I remember you talking about
0: it though. Oh man. It's, I got to find it and send it to you. It's priceless because they're basically just like, the i mean well okay like we always say it's a baseball game so it's kind of slow for a mm-hmm. majority of the time and so they're even like having these opportunities to talk about other things other than the game and they're talking about these girls not even watching and they're just like selfies and blah, blah blah and it's just like wouldn't it have been cheaper to not go to the game and just take pictures of yourself wherever you want and it's hilarious so i i gotta find that and if i do i'll, I'll definitely tweet it out for people that to see and maybe we'll put on Facebook page, but it was, it just perfectly captured that. So yeah, not, not as much uh tiger talk out there. And I know that it disappoints both of us. So
1: yeah, it's been a little quiet. Um,
0: well, uh, we will go ahead and move into our two minute drill. As we often say, we'll bring you the stuff that's happening uh, about the last week, sports, non-sports related. And, Brandon, are you ready?
1: Yeah, let's roll. All right, let's do this.
0: Here we go. All right, as we said, Michigan baseball won their game against Vanderbilt tonight, Monday, so they will be playing tomorrow night, Tuesday, at 7 o'clock, and if need be, Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Brandon.
1: Uh, The Lions spoke out and said that Matthew Stafford played part of last year with a broken back. Um, I'm hearing it was after week 13, but there's people that tell me that's not right. So I'm not really sure. The whole thing's gray, Caleb.
0: All right. Uh, on this date, or sorry, not on this date. Sorry. In 1980, this past week, Blues Brothers, the movie, was released. It wasn't on this date exactly, but it was close to the anniversary. So I felt appropriate considering being the Blues Brothers sportscast. Brandon.
1: Uh, Brett Fire posted on Instagram um, teasing a comeback. Uh, nothing ever really came of it, thank God. Caleb.
0: Hey, Brett. Nobody cares. <laughs> All right. Uh, Michigan Stadium is going to be hosting Barcelona and uh, Napoli for its fourth soccer match since 2014.
1: Brandon. Uh, keeping with the tradition of talking about Michael Roberts uh, after he was traded by... The Lions, the Patriots, Patriots Patriots uh, rescinded on it. He came back to Lions. Lions cut him. Packers signed him, and the Packers cut him. Caleb.
0: All right. Big stuff going on with Michigan football here in the past 24-ish hours. Six commits uh, for the 2020 class. Um, Jordan Morant, four-star safety, Reese Adbury, three-star offensive line, Aaron Lewis, three-star defensive end, William Mahan. three-star linebacker, all committed Sunday. Then today, Monday, uh Amon Dennis, three-star athlete, and Gage Garcia, ranked, uh, sometimes ranked, sometimes not ranked, two-star running back committed today Uh, for Michigan as a two-sport athlete. I know we just ran out of time. Brandon, did you have one more, though?
1: I have three more. <laughs> um, I, you know, I overtime. Given. Yeah, overtime. So uh, the Tampa Bay Rays have received permission from Major League Baseball to become a two-team city. Um, they're looking to play not only in Tampa, but in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, where they'll play the first half of the season in Tampa and then the second half in Montreal. All right,
0: what else um, you
1: got? I haven't heard any word on that one yet. Um, so I got a couple draft notes here. The Pistons drafted uh, Sekou Dumuya, uh from France in the first round, and the Red Wings. Uh, Steve Eiserman picked four defensemen with his eleven picks in the draft. And that's all I got.
0: And there's our time. Yeah, I kind of went a little bit long because, like I said, that was a lot going on for Michigan football recruiting in the past uh, twenty four hours. So that
1: took yeah, a lot- lots of news.
0: Yes, so I know that there's a lot of talk going on social media, and I'll just leave that as talk. <laughs> and uh, our old buddy pal Craig right there in the middle of it, because that's his recruiting talk, and I'll, I'll sit back and watch from a distance and leave it at that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so there you go. That's this week's episode. And then that brings us to our – question of the week and that will be our topic of today which is sharing who some of your most dis- disappointing lions football players are so uh call uh tweet email if you want to talk on the facebook page and share your thoughts. I know that'll be an interesting conversation because you have some of those more recent fans. You've got some of those long lifelong fans like Brandon, who have a deeper knowledge and interesting things to share. So we want to hear what everyone has to say. Brandon, anything
1: else? No, I think I'm good to go.
0: All right. Rock, there we are. We thank you guys for tuning in. And we are just going to continue with uh ending the show with The best song ever made (laughs) with uh, from Dragon Sound and Miami Connection. Again, if you have not seen that movie, by all means, you should take advantage of that free movie on YouTube. And until next time, we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue.